Hello and welcome to the evening show here on EU Radio. It's 6pm on Friday the 1st of April, which means the end of the week is finally here. Well done on making it through and I hope you have some great things planned for the weekend. For sure, there's plenty of toys here in Nantes. Yesterday we informed you about the film festival Playtime and today you'll learn more about the jazz concert organized by the Music Hall Panonica directly from one of the performing artists. I'm Carla Niculescu and for one more day I'll be your host at the evening show. I'm joined by my co-host Alice Carnevali. Hello Alice. Hi Carla, good evening everyone. Alice, can you reveal to us who exactly is our guest today? Sure. In the second part of the show, we will be joined by Kuba Janitski, a Polish artist, composer, producer and a political activist. Wow, a politically committed artist. I'm curious about this interview. So stay tuned for that later on this show. Today, we have planned great European news, culture and music for you. But just before all that, we have the news with Marius Renaudet. Bonsoir, Marius. Bonsoir, Carla. Bonsoir à toutes et à tous. Radio, le journal, Marius Renaudet. À la une de l'actualité en ce vendredi 1er avril, plus de 6800 enfants ukrainiens scolarisés en Hexagone. Victor Orban menacé de perdre sa place dimanche et le pape François a retrouvé dès aujourd'hui en librairie. C'est l'une des nombreuses conséquences directes de la guerre en Ukraine. Le seuil des 6800 élèves ukrainiens scolarisés en France a été franchi hier soir. Le ministère de l'Éducation nationale, de la jeunesse et des sports s'attend même à franchir le palier des 10 000 enfants, probablement dès la semaine prochaine. Pour l'heure, l'académie de Nice et celle de Versailles sont les deux zones qui accueillent le plus d'élèves ukrainiens sur leur banc. Et le gouvernement étudie actuellement plusieurs scénarios pour scolariser davantage d'enfants en France dans les prochaines semaines. La Hongrie changera-t-elle un peu de visage ce week-end Le Premier ministre du pays, Viktor Orban, est menacé de ne pas être réélu à la tête de l'exécutif hongrois. L'opposition s'est unie ces dernières semaines pour amorcer la chute de celui qui est le locataire du théâtre du Château depuis 2010, après un premier mandat de chef du gouvernement entre 1998 et 2002. Les électeurs hongrois choisiront donc dimanche entre le vote de la continuité avec le Premier ministre candidat sortant et la voie de la semi-continuité cette fois, celle portée par Peter Markizai, un conservateur à tendance libérale, davantage tourné vers l'Union européenne. Derrière les grands vins du Bordelais, réputés en Europe et bien au-delà, se cache une réalité sociale et environnementale douloureuse. Dans le livre « Les raisins de la misère » et son documentaire dérivé, la journaliste indépendante Xchel Delaporte alerte sur les conditions de vie des travailleurs de la vigne et sur la façon dont l'économie des grands crus façonne le territoire. Notre correspondante à Bordeaux l'a rencontrée cette semaine. 
Quand je suis arrivée sur place, j'ai vu l'étendue des vignes, des grands châteaux, très beaux, vraiment des architectures somptueuses qui imitaient parfois même des architectures indiennes, mais aussi de châteaux du XVIIe siècle. Enfin, vraiment, c'était très fastueux, très tape à l'œil. Et là, je me suis dit, en posant des questions aux gens, « Tiens, c'est marrant, ce rapport à la vigne, il est quand même très fort. » Je ne connaissais rien au vin, je n'étais pas du tout amatrice de vin, je ne bois pas de vin. Et les gens commençaient à me dire, mais en fait, ici, en gros, soit on va à la vigne, soit on est au chômage. Et donc, petit à petit, c'est les gens qui, dans leur propre discours, en m'expliquant leur situation de précarité, me disaient, le problème, c'est qu'il n'y a que la vigne. Mais le problème, c'est que la vigne, c'est dur. C'est un métier difficile. On sort vite cassé de là. Il y a les pesticides. C'est précaire. C'est des saisonniers. Donc, au bout d'un moment, à la fin de cette première enquête que j'ai faite pour mon journal, je me suis dit quand même, fatalement, saute aux yeux la question des inégalités. Et la question des inégalités qui sont visibles. Des propos recueillis par Dauphine Moreau pour E-Radio. Pour votre idée à lecture du week-end, il y a évidemment les confidences amoureuses du pape François qui sortent en librairie aujourd'hui. Et ce n'est pas un poisson d'avril. Dans son livre « Des pauvres papes du pape au monde » publié aux éditions du Seuil, le souverain pontife répond en toute liberté à une centaine de questions posées par des pauvres vivant un peu partout sur la planète. Il y aborde entre autres la relation amoureuse qu'il a entretenue avec une jeune femme avant son séminaire. A noter que l'idée de ce livre à cœur ouvert est née en mai 2020, alors que le monde venait de connaître un confinement total face à la pandémie de Covid-19. Et pour la page culture de votre journal, on s'arrête aujourd'hui sur la vision européenne d'une comédienne. Rit-on pour les mêmes raisons en Belgique et en France Fanny Ruet, humoriste chez nos confrères de France Inter, a un avis bien tranché sur la question. On l'écoute. En termes de retour que j'ai du public, j'ai pas l'impression que ce soit différent. C'est juste que Paris, c'est pas ouf. Et en termes vraiment d'humour... Je dirais qu'en Belgique, et je crois que c'est pour ça que France Inter va beaucoup chercher chez les Belges ou que, d'une manière générale, les médias vont beaucoup chercher chez les Belges, c'est parce qu'on a une sorte de gros euh, balèque général et on s'en fout et on se dit « Ouais, je vais essayer ça, ça me fait marrer et puis si c'est ridicule, tant pis, et voilà, et on s'en fout, on a plus d'autodérision, je pense, on se prend moins au sérieux. » On a tellement l'habitude d'être un demi-pays, un truc un peu foutraque où il n'y a rien qui fonctionne et on trouve ça marrant et tu peux dire n'importe quoi en Belgique, tout le monde va faire genre « Bah, allez !» Et tant pis, on est tellement habitué à faire avec des bouts de ficelle que quand on arrive en France, on s'est déjà un peu rodé pour plus de choses, pour être capable de supporter plus de critiques et de se débrouiller par nous-mêmes. Et donc je pense qu'il y a ce truc-là, on est prêt à tout et donc c'est ça qui plaît aux Français parce qu'ils disent « Oh, quelle audace !» alors que c'est juste qu'on est habitué à ça. quoi. Je trouve ça plus facile de percer en Belgique parce qu'on est 12, donc t'es vite dans le top 10. On est tous très copains les uns avec les autres quasiment. Tandis qu'ici, il y a tellement de concurrence. Fanny Ruet au micro de notre reporter à Nantes, Eva Candoul. Et si vous souhaitez écouter la suite de leur échange sans filtre, rendez-vous sur notre site internet euradio.fr. Euradio, la météo. Dans votre ciel ce week-end sur le continent européen, la situation sera toujours très instable. Demain samedi, l'Europe centrale sera sous les nuages, la neige et les averses de pluie par endroit. Ce sera aussi le cas du côté de la péninsule italienne. Des orages sont également à prévoir autour de la mer Adriatique. Partout ailleurs, un peu de soleil et dimanche, pas de grands changements. Au niveau du mercure, il fera 13 degrés à Athènes demain matin et 19 l'après-midi. Et à Paris, votre antenne régionale radio en Ile-de-France, on passera de 2 à 7 au fil de la journée. Merci beaucoup Marius.
Don't forget that later on, Alice will welcome Kuba Janicki, who is a Polish musician and producer. They will talk about jazz concerts at Panonica Concert Hall and political activism. But before that, let's start our European music playlist. If you also miss Italy as I do, raise up the volume because the next up is the song I Pomeriggi, in English The Afternoons by Italian singer Giorgio Poi. Enjoy! was the song I Pomeriggi by Giorgio Poi. I want to thank our European audience for listening to us from every corner from the, of the continent. It's our pleasure to follow you through this hour wherever you are. In the past month following Russia's aggression to Ukraine, European citizens have been supportive and united with each other and with the Ukrainian people. Yeah, and that is particularly true for Eastern European countries having a common border with Ukraine. Absolutely, Alice. In particular, Poland has been on the front line of providing support to Ukraine. 
It was received almost 2.5 million refugees, far more than any other country, and it provided military and humanitarian aid as well to Ukraine. What I find interesting is that the Polish people have not stood on the sidelines and watched. Polish retailers and consumers have also joined the government's effort to impact Russia's economy. How? Well, by boycotting Russian and Belarusian's products from their shelves and shopping basket. And their engagement does not stop here. They also added in a so-called list of shame all the firms that who have continued doing business in Russia itself. But how do they know which company is still in business with Russia? They look at the barcodes of the products they buy. The Polish Food Market Chamber of Commerce and Trade has asked Polish consumers to pay attention to the products whose barcodes begin with numbers from 460 to 469 and with 481, which means that they have been produced respectively in Russia and Belarus. Also, a member of the Polish parliament, Michael Wippy, has proposed a law that would require Russian goods to be labeled with that country's flag. Carla, do you know what companies we're talking about? Well, the Polish government is cautious and it didn't call out specific companies' names. But uh, on social media and Reddit, people have started calling out in boycott campaigns of big retailers like uh, Le Roi Merlin, Auchan, etc. But are they directly supporting Russia's aggression? Not exactly. They are accused of keeping their stores in business in Russia and therefore not sacrificing their economic profit and stopping the war. For instance, some companies offer to ban Russian products ranging from vodka to toothpaste. Others donated products for hygiene, food and clothing to Ukrainian refugees. Mm, I see. Well, Karla, later we will welcome the Polish musician and political activist Kuba Janitski. So I'm sure that we will expand more on that with him. Wow, that sounds super interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Before that, let's head back into our playlist with two fresh new songs. Melodia, performed by Tapioca, and Right Now, Something's Going On by Rococo.
That was the song Melodia by the Brazilian-inspired duo Tapioca, released this year. Before that, you've listened to the jazz and soul band Cocoroco with the track Something's Going On. If you also like Afrobeat, soul and jazz, I recommend you to have a look into Cocoroco for more inspiring songs. My all-time favorite song is Abusive Junction. You will not regret it, I promise. But now, it's time for some more music. Next up is a song in Turkish, Ablademe by Lalalar, and right now, the song Magia Negra by the Spanish singer Cristian de More. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
atma Yine tek ağacım gel sokakta Abla 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 Her daim rötar damarka Atma bari atma Yine tek ağacım gel sokakta That was Abla Deme by the Turkish band Lalalar. And before that, you've listened to the song Magia Negra by the Spanish singer Cristian de More. It's already 6.30 p.m., so it's time for the news flash with our journalist Marius Renaudet. E-Radio, le flash, Marius Renaudet. Seuil des 6800 élèves ukrainiens scolarisés en Hexagone franchis hier soir. Le ministère de l'Éducation nationale, de la jeunesse et des sports s'attend même à franchir le palier des 10 000 enfants, probablement dès la semaine prochaine. Pour l'heure, les écoles, les collèges et les lycées des académies de Nice et de Versailles sont celles qui accueillent le plus d'élèves ukrainiens sur leur banc. Et Matignon étudie actuellement plusieurs pistes pour scolariser davantage d'enfants en France dans les prochaines semaines. Gérard Depardieu, de plus en plus critique à l'égard de son ami Vladimir Poutine. L'acteur français mondialement connu dénonce ce vendredi, je cite, « les folles dérives inacceptables ». Fin de citation du locataire du Kremlin, cinq semaines après le début de la guerre en Ukraine. Il avait déjà dénoncé le lancement de l'offensive russe le 1er mars dernier. Gérard Depardieu promet aussi de verser aux Ukrainiens la totalité des recettes des trois concerts qu'il va donner ce week-end au Théâtre des champs élysées à Paris. De son côté, la présidente du Parlement européen, Roberta Metzola, est à Kiev aujourd'hui. C'est la première figure dirigeante d'une institution européenne à se rendre dans la capitale ukrainienne depuis le début de l'invasion russe. Il y a 15 jours, les premiers ministres polonais, slovènes et tchèques s'étaient déjà rendus sur place pour manifester leur solidarité au peuple ukrainien. Victor Orban sera-t-il réélu dimanche La Hongrie pourrait un peu changer de visage ce week-end. Le Premier ministre sortant est menacé de ne pas être reconduit à la tête de l'exécutif hongrois à l'issue des élections législatives. Peter Markizai, le leader de l'opposition, pourrait lui ravir la direction du gouvernement. Il s'agit toujours d'un conservateur, mais à tendance libérale et eurocompatible. Et dans votre librairie ce vendredi, les confidents les plus intimes de François 1er. Dans son livre « Des papes aux pauvres, du pape au monde » publié aux éditions du Seuil, le souverain pontife répond en toute liberté à une centaine de questions posées par des pauvres vivant un peu partout sur la planète. Il y aborde entre autres la relation amoureuse qu'il a entretenue avec une jeune femme avant son séminaire. A noter que l'idée de ce livre à cœur ouvert est née en mai 2020, alors que le monde venait de connaître un confinement total face à la pandémie de coronavirus. Bon week-end à toutes et à tous à l'écoute de radio. Merci Marius. Very soon, Alice will be joined by Cuba Yanitsky, who is a musician, composer and producer. Make sure you don't miss it, because they will unveil a couple of jazz music events taking place at the concert hall Panonica in Nantes. But first, I'd like to set the mood for the interview with some jazz music. Enjoy the song Lazis by Zoes Shanghai. Complete with 
That was Zoe's Shanghai with the song Lazis. Now, it's time for the best part of the show. It's interview time. So over to you, Alice. Thank you, Carla. And good evening, everyone. I am Alice Carnevali, your co-host for the night. After yesterday's focus on cinema, today's edition of the evening show is entirely dedicated to music. As you might know, tonight, the Nantes-based jazz club Pannonica will host a special concert at 9 p.m., Not one, but four artists will perform on the stage. The French trio composed by Dutoit, Oshima and Lebrat, and the Polish artist Kba Janitski. And now, just right before the show, it is with great excitement that I want to welcome to Ear Radio our special guest of the night. Good evening, Kuba Janitski. Good evening. You are one of the most innovative and acclaimed multi-instrumentalist and composer coming from Poland. Over the last 16 years, you have performed hundreds of concerts collaborating with artists such as Fred Fried and Peter Brotsman. On top of being the pioneer of experimental Polish music, you have also your own radio show at Radio Capital and you militate in the, at the Mozak Foundation, an association engaged in cultural, musical and political projects. Together this evening, we will try to unveil the relationship between musical and political engagement, starting from your personal experience. But first, let's take a step back. Kuba Janitski, how did you become a musician? I was born a musician, always. So I didn't become it, it just I am <laughs> music. Um... I just um, 
played for as far as I can remember. I never did anything else, uh, so uh, th there was no process of becoming it. Uh, I'm just I do believe that sometimes you just are born to be something to be <laughs> that, and uh, I don't believe that um, when you do uh, music on on. Uh, with this kind of uh, dedication it's not becoming a musician but it's being a medium that you know music just flows through you it exists um, whether you are uh, a musician or you are not a musician music exists and uh, it chooses you to be one of the mediums that can you know um play it or be it so that's that but uh, on the technical uh, aspect probably I was just surrounded with uh, artists and musicians from the very beginning my father is playing well, okay. all of his friends are playing <laughs> and uh, I was growing up in a music club so or it wasn't only music but mainly mostly music so just there was always instruments around and that was something to do you know just to have fun yeah and we also mentioned earlier the Motzke Foundation namely the Polish club of free music that played a great role in defining your musical and also your personal path could you tell us a bit more about Motzke and your experience within this community mm -hmm. um Musk, let's start from uh, the beginning. You know, Musk means brain uh, in Polish. Uh, actually, the full name uh, which I invented uh, when I was a kid uh, is uh, the factory of sculptures talking to each other. Uh, and Musk was just at the end of it. Um, you know, it was just people who needed space to do their stuff rented out um, a big building uh, okay. that was uh, before um, a factory of cinema projectors. And, um, you know, it was very cheap. Uh, there was no such things uh, in even in Poland back then because it was 1994, so it was just after a communist breakdown. And... Uh, Freedom of art in the 90s uh, was uh, very, um, very you know, very strong and very much needed. People needed to express themselves. People needed a uh, form and a place uh, to have a dialogue. And those were the guys who, guys and girls who... Uh, who express themselves through art, and Musk was the place to be. Back then, it was uh, even compared with uh, a Knitting Factory from New York. Uh, it was uh, widely uh, renowned in Europe because uh, it was one of the first places in Poland to, to do this kind of stuff. And uh, you have to remember that back in the day when the communist era uh, was on for example you needed a license to play concerts yeah. and uh, you needed to be 
accepted by some you know societies of old jazz musicians that allowed you to perform because if you didn't have license you cannot get paid uh, for, for playing because you weren't you weren't considered to be a professional so uh, they were the uh, my father and his friends they were the guys who who couldn't play <laughs> and uh, in the eyes of of the old establishments and they just you know uh, needed uh, build the stage for themselves mainly they even there is a very popular magazine in Poland it's called the Jazz Forum uh, it's like downbeat or something but in Pol okay. in Poland and uh, back in the day when they opened uh, in 1994, the whole magazine, one one issue was uh, completely uh, only about Musk. Every page, you know, and, and no one, no 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 of the old musicians uh, were mentioned there, uh, which was a huge fight, of course, uh, yeah. on the on the uh, musical Polish music stage and. Uh, I remember that when they first uh, got, you know, got to earn some money from the club, they bought an advertisement in Just Forum, mm -hmm. uh, the the middle section, you know, like two pages, and it was, <laughs> it said, "Jazz is dead, Musk Club." Yeah. <laughs> And uh, by looking at Musk Foundation website, I could not help but notice that the foundation is also very engaged uh, in uh, political and social battles. The logo on Facebook, for instance, has a rainbow flag, which also suggests that the artists uh, that compose Musk uh, are not afraid to take a stand uh, on uh, social issues. What about you, Cuba Janitsky? Is art uh, uh, political and socially engaged uh, in your case? Well, not not di directly. I'm not saying it, but uh, it, it cannot. I don't. I don't know if you actually can avoid it. You know, art is for me where everything uh, begins. So, if you are doing something publicly and you are doing it with um, some sort of uh, emotion. It will always have impact on people, and uh, sooner or later it will turn uh, into politics <laughs> in, yeah. in some way. I don't like uh, to participate in politics. I am not taking interest in politics. I don't have a TV. <laughs> I don't watch news. I don't follow all this stuff. I live in the middle of the forest, and I don't care. <laughs> But uh, it's hard to uh, hard to avoid being engaged somehow and uh, for sure I'm not afraid and, and I, I think I can speak for other people that are uh, uh, associated with Musk that uh, we uh, we just stand for freedom and well-being of humanity and all other life forms and uh, as long as it's needed we will always uh, protect this and uh, and say that it's important not in a matter I'm not going to go to war <laughs> but yeah. I'm not going to shoot or I'm not going to fight but uh, I can always say it and I can always express it you know just yeah so basically everything is political but not everything is politics <laughs> uh, yeah sort of you know I I like to believe that uh, we are citizens of the universe and uh, politics is just a very complicated uh, t 
TV series that <laughs> that, uh, that that some people are watching, some people are not. Um, John Cage once said, um, "Stop voting for politicians, and they will stop to exist." So um, I don't, I don't, I don't know why actually politics is so important. <laughs> I would like it not to be, <laughs> to be honest. But it is what it is. So you gotta you gotta play with the tools that you have. <laughs> Your latest album, Intuitive Mathematics, released in 2019, is a project of free improvisation. Cuba Yanitsky, can free improvisation be regarded as a sort of revolutionary act? I don't think so. Uh, living is free improvisation. We are improvising right now, even not maybe not you because you have the paper, yeah, but maybe. <laughs> uh, but you know you improvise every day. You wake up and you just well maybe sometimes you have a schedule or something, but you know you just wake up and you do it. Uh, it's not a revolutionary act. It was always like this. The whole universe is a, a complex of. Uh, biological, physical, chemical reactions ongoing forever and ever and ever. And that's just a big improvisation. That we, we are just a small element. But, it, you know, it doesn't matter. There's, there's actually no place for, for revolution in that. If you look, uh, look at it from a multiverse perspective, you know. Yeah. And in the last 16 years, you've also traveled and played around the world. Have you grasped any differences uh, and or similarities regarding people's attitudes towards music? Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, different places, different people, different approach. But uh, music actually tends to be somehow universal, uh, universal language of communication. And um, yeah, I would say I, 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 I see differences on uh, other aspects rather than uh, music even though may, it may sound different in, in different places people also may appreciate it differently but actually uh, I uh, consider music to be the universal language that can uh, speak that you can speak wherever you know you can go to a country yeah. where nobody speaks English Well, you can play a concert, and after co the concert, you you have a connection with people. Yeah, bonding. They, they, yeah, and and that's it. And sometimes, you know, nothing nothing more has to be done. So, so yeah, that's that's what I think about it. And just one last question for you, Kuba Janitski. With everything that is happening right now, just on the other side of the Polish border in Ukraine. What role do you believe that music and art uh, should have? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty. Actually, it's sort of hard. <laughs> uh, we are um, uh, having, you know, a lot of uh, immigrants coming in the whole time, and uh, I think that uh, the only thing we can do is just do what we can do best. So I don't know. I play concerts uh, when I, you know. Uh, earn some money I give it to charity um, we can spend our time organizing shelter organizing uh, food but uh, I don't know if if actually music has the power to change anything uh, again you know mm -hmm. uh, 
I'm not gonna play a concert to Putin and <laughs> con mm. convince him to not be an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> just that's the way he is. Uh, I guess we can just bring emotions and uh, shelter and yeah. some sort of comfort to, to the people that are suffering. But uh, I don't believe it. It will. It will change the situation. Someone else should change the situation. Actually, uh, uh, United States and uh, Western Europe should change the situation. Probably can be should be done easily. And I don't know why it's not. I I, I don't get it. I, it's to me it's completely irrational that something like this can happen in a modern world. It's yeah. just crazy. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kuba Janicki, musician, composer and producer coming directly from Poland for dedicating some of your time to us. For those of you who are in Nantes, do not forget that later today at 9pm, Kuba Janicki will be performing at Pannonica. And for those of you who do not have the chance of being here, make sure you listen to his latest album, Intuitive Mathematics. Thank you both. This weekend we have plenty of interesting things to do in Nantes. And tonight's jazz concert at Panonica Concert Hall sounds very exciting. I hope your weekend has been smooth. But if it was a disaster, don't, make, don't be harsh on yourself. You're not alone. The band Mandarina embraces their clumsiness. And they have just released the song in French, Je suis un désastre. In English, I'm a disaster. Enjoy.
you've listened to Je suis un désastre by the French band Mandarina. And with that, we have sadly reached the end of the evening show today. The evening show will be back next week, broadcasting live from Oropanon from Tuesday to Friday between 6 to 7 p.m. as usual. There will be great European music and news, as well as some interviews, which I promise will be very surpri- very surprising and interesting. So make sure to tune in to EU Radio at 6 to 7 p.m. on Tuesday to make sure you don't miss that. But for now, goodbye and thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks also to the great EU Radio team who have joined me today, Alice, Marius and Eli, our tech director. I leave you with a jazz song Desert Dream Romance by Buttering Trio. Enjoy. <laughs>